When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from Liverpool, the Dark Paranormal, Season 6. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Dark Paranormal. We're already in the final furlong of Season 6 and heading at some speed towards Season 7. As you may well know, we alternate seasons between famous stories and true listener experiences. And of course, Season 7, we revert back to true listener experiences. And so, it's time to call on you guys. If you are sat on a true paranormal experience that you believe would suit the Dark Paranormal, then please send it over to thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com. In today's show, we're going to feature a paranormal experience that, in all truth, should be much more widely known than it currently is. It features one of the most harrowing attachments that I think we've ever covered. And if recent research is to be believed, the haunting may still be going on. But before we jump into today's show, we need to of course thank all of our Patreons. When you join our fantastic team over at Patreon, not only do you receive these episodes ad-free and before anyone else, you also can gain access to our exclusive Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites, a podcast that runs each and every week, even on the downtime between seasons, meaning you never miss your paranormal fix. We've built a fantastic team of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over on Patreon, and we'd like to extend an invitation just for you. So head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal, just like these wonderful new team members have. Matt Webb, Craig Hunt, Corey Kaufman, Daniel Kinsey, Joshua Cromsack, Bethany Grace Woodward, Mindy Snyder, Siobhan Thompson, Ski the Singer, Elizabeth 74 Gibb, Kaylin Thompson, Ariel the Mermaid, Jacqueline Balderas, MJ Issa, Vicky Cullen, Whitney Asbury, Savorn Whitaker, Sean Rawlison, Charlene Egan, Natalie Baldwin, Keith Kamora, Anthony Meentz, April McMurty, Kayla Paris, Lindsay Colbeck, Holly and Amanda Mendez. Thank you so much, guys. Your support literally allows this show to continue. So if you'd like the extra content and, of course, the early ad-free episodes, head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. But right now, lower the lights, make yourself comfortable, and most importantly, leave your disbelief at the door as we hear all about the Sorky Poltergeist. The following is a direct quote from Dr. Nesbitt. What has taken place was not conjured by the child herself. An outside agent is responsible. Believe me, 
something unfortunate has been going on in that house. She didn't want to be here. She wanted to be back home with her friends in Donegal. Back on the farm with her beloved dog, Toby. Back on the farm with her father. But here she was in Sorky, a small Scottish village north of Falkirk and east of Stirling. She stood outside the small house, a biting wind whipping the sporadic fine rain into her face, causing her to squint as she took in what was to be her new home. Behind her, her mother unpacked the last of their cases and paid the taxi driver. Would you look at that sky? Come on before we're soaked through, said Annie Campbell, gesturing at her 11-year-old daughter, Virginia, to pick up her suitcase and make her way up the path to the house. All Virginia could think about was what her dog Toby would be doing right now, back in Ireland, back home. She didn't want to be here. Fasten your coat, tidy yourself up a bit, muttered her mother as she rang the doorbell of number 19, Park Crescent. Through the frosted glass, Virginia could see the black shape of someone growing larger as they approached the door. Annie, Virginia, look at you both. Oh, I'm so happy to see you. Virginia's Aunt Isabella reached out to give them both a hug on the doorstep. Bella, bring them in, they'll be soaked by the time you're finished with them, shouted Uncle Thomas from another room. Annie shooed Virginia through the hallway and into the living room, where Virginia's Uncle Thomas and Cousin Margaret were stood to welcome them. Virginia liked Margaret. They were of a similar age and shared similar interests. She always liked it when they would come over here for holidays. But, as this time they were here to stay, Virginia hoped she would still be as welcomed. Virginia needn't have worried, however, as as soon as the girls felt it socially acceptable, Margaret grabbed Virginia's hand and raced upstairs giggling. Um, where do you think you're going? came Isabella's voice as she followed them into the hallway. The girls paused midway up the stairs. I'm only kidding, girls, but listen, Virginia, do you want your own room or would you rather share with Margie? The girls smiled enthusiastically at each other. Share, please, replied Virginia. Okay, but no mischief, said Isabella with a smile. Leaving the adults downstairs, Margie took Virginia's bag and threw it onto the bed, before excitedly grabbing her hand and giving her the guided tour of upstairs. This was going to be your room if you wanted your own one, said Margie, leading Virginia into a small room at the rear of the house. Virginia had had her own room at home, so, in truth, she welcomed the idea of having some company. No, I'm glad you wanted to share she said and gave a hard-hearted smile. Oh, it must be awful leaving your daddy and Toby back home, stated Margie. It was more rhetorical, if anything, though Virginia still nodded as she felt her eyes begin to well up. Sensing the emotion coming from Virginia, Margie quickly changed topic. Come on, let's get you unpacked. I can't wait to see all of your clothes. The first few nights, as Virginia and her mother settled in, were without incident, and Virginia began to feel more at ease within the home, 
One evening, the girls were sat on top of their adjacent beds, talking about their favourite celebrities and giggling at each other's choices. I really liked that song he'd done where he was talking about... Margie stopped talking, and both girls looked in the direction that the footsteps were coming from. Someone seemingly walked down the hall and had come to a stop just outside their bedroom door. The girls both stared at the door handle, fully expecting one of the adults in the house to burst in. Then, the girls spun round. From the wall behind their heads came the noise of what sounded like a large medicine ball being bounced off the wall. Where's that coming from? Before Virginia could finish her sentence, Margie had already flung open the bedroom door and was heading for the stairs. In a panicked scramble, Virginia made it to her feet and quickly followed her cousin, first to the landing and then quickly down the stairs. The noise seemed to follow Virginia down the first few steps before stopping as the girls ran into the living room. Whoa, 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 slow down, said Thomas as he stood by the fireplace as both girls ran over and threw their arms around his waist. Talking over each other with quick-breathed, rambling sentences, the girls finally managed to describe to Thomas and Isabella exactly what had just taken place in the bedroom. Okay, okay, well first, both of you, calm down, said Thomas in a stern voice. Both girls seemed to oblige as their breathing slowed. Now, we'll all go back upstairs and I'll show you that there's nothing to be frightened of, okay? Thomas nodded as he spoke, before heading to the foot of the stairs. Um, before we go up, have either of you two girls pinched my gold lighter? It was on the mantelpiece over there, he said, nodding back at the fire. The girls shook their heads and huddled close to each other as they slowly followed Thomas upstairs. Well, there's nothing here now. It was probably a noise from next door or something. Come on, get into bed. Thomas brought a wooden chair into the bedroom, placing it between the two beds. I'll sit here till you're both asleep to make sure you're safe, okay? The girls seemed to like this idea and hurriedly jumped under their bed covers. Five minutes later, both girls groggily sat up in bed. Thomas rose from his chair and walked over to the source of the noise. Virginia's headboard was seemingly vibrating, knocking against the wall behind it. Thomas was flummoxed, but wanting to not scare the girls, he gently nudged the frame away from the wall. Back to sleep now, girls, he said, sitting back down. The girls dutifully lay back down. However, Thomas stared at the headboard. He could still see it moving, albeit silently with nothing to now bang against. He sat trying to work out just what was causing it, when it stopped, becoming totally still. Coincidentally, at the same time it stopped, Virginia let out a deep breath, signifying that she'd finally fallen asleep. Are you okay, Tom? What's wrong? asked Isabella as she walked through the door after picking the girls up from school. Thomas didn't reply immediately. Instead, he gave a thoughtful stare to Virginia as she made her way upstairs with Margie. Thomas, what's wrong? repeated Isabella. Did you hear that scratching last night? he asked. 
Isabella was busy undoing her scarf and taking her raincoat off. Not last night, no, I didn't. I did this morning, though, before breakfast. Thomas nodded slowly. Why, do you think we've got mice or something? asked Isabella. Thomas shook his head. No, no, it's just... Oh, you'll think I'm mad. Isabella stopped what she was doing and folded her arms. Go on. Well, well, it's just... Suddenly there came a deep scratching sound from the ceiling. Isabella pointed to where the noise came from as they stood there listening. Thomas again nodded and moved closer to his wife. This only happens when she's here. Who? said Isabella. Virginia? Thomas slowly nodded. No, replied Isabella in disbelief. Again, Thomas nodded. I'm telling you, Bella, you watch. As they spoke, the scratching sound faded out underneath the floor of the girl's bedroom. That evening, Isabella was sat at the kitchen table, writing a list of groceries, when something glistened in her peripheral vision. There, in the centre of the kitchen table, was Thomas's gold Zippo lighter. She sat staring at it with a confused look. She and Thomas had turned the place upside down looking for this. Had it been there all along? Had they overlooked all of the obvious places? Maybe they... Something to the right of her caught her attention. She turned her head just in time to catch the lid of the laundry basket, opening and then falling shut. Fear started to creep into her senses. The kitchen door slammed shut, causing Bella to jump out of her seat and run into the living room to regroup. At this moment, Thomas walked through the front door. I'm home. Where are the girls? he asked, removing his coat. Upstairs, replied Bella, still staring into the kitchen. What's the matter? Tom asked, clearly seeing how distraught his wife was. Bella wasn't sure how to phrase it. Well, I was, um... Your lighter's on the table, she muttered, picking at her lip. Oh, amazing. Where did you find it? I've been looking... A wooden sideboard unit which had been nestled against the right-hand side wall began inching itself away towards the bewildered couple. It came to rest about six inches away from the wall. The couple stood in silence, shooting glances at each other and then back to the unit. Something isn't... Bella was interrupted as the unit slammed itself back hard against the wall. Something's here in this house. I, I think it did come with Virgin... A deep pounding came from the walls, so much so the girls came down from their room to see what was going on. It's okay, girls, it's okay, said Thomas, despite the rising fear in his chest. A knock on the front door snapped Thomas out of his spiralling thoughts, and he opened the front door. What's with all the banging? We can't hear ourselves think in there, said the gentleman from number 20. Thomas couldn't respond. He tried to, but the words didn't seem to form. He was at a total, utter loss. Sensing this wasn't your normal, noisy neighbour situation, the gentleman muttered something about trying to keep it down and quickly returned to his own home. 
Virginia was still struggling to feel at home in Sorky. The sadness she felt through missing Donegal seemed to have become a physical weight that she could feel on her shoulders as she begrudgingly walked into her new classroom and sat herself down at the desk. Percentages and fractions. The teacher, Miss Stewart, said as she wrote the same words on the blackboard. Turning to face the class, she said, We'll start easy, so I expect all of you to know this. Who can tell me what 50% is as a fraction? Every child's arm raised in the classroom. Every child, except Virginia's. Miss Stewart's eyes were immediately drawn to the one exception in the room. She noted that not only was her hand not up, but both of Virginia's arms were pressing down with some force on her school desk. Virginia, move your hands off the desk, please. I can't, replied the terrified young voice. Um, what do you mean you can't? Move your hands now, please. There was a small pause as the entire classroom turned to face the ever more embarrassed Virginia. It's not me, she said meekly before letting go of the desk. The lid of the desk raised and slammed shut violently three times before stopping. The classroom took a collective breath and looked back and forth from Virginia to the now deeply confused Miss Stewart. Virginia felt the desk to her right start to vibrate. She looked over and the classroom burst into panic as in front of their eyes, the desk raised six inches in the air, moving around before dropping to the floor. The next day, with all the whispers and rumours flying around the classroom, doing nothing to help poor Virginia's state of mind, Miss Stewart ordered the classroom to line up at her desk and hand in their previous night's homework. Purposefully waiting so she would be last in line, Virginia kept her eyes to the floor as the procession slowly moved forward. Finally arriving at Miss Stewart's desk, Virginia placed her paper on the teacher's table. Miss Stewart's long wooden pointer started rattling and then threw itself from the table to the floor. Again, the classroom became a hive of excitement, with all the little eyes focused for anything that would happen next. Miss Stewart's desk suddenly swung itself around 90 degrees, the far end pushing some tables out of the way as it did so. The class once more exploded into panic. Children, keep calm, shouted Miss Stewart. Everyone follow me in an orderly fashion, she exclaimed, standing and heading for the classroom door. However, the door wouldn't budge. It was as if there was a strong force pulling on the other side, keeping the door shut. Miss Stewart looked over at Virginia, who was now crying and looking at the floor. Behind Virginia, a ceramic vase which held a few pencils and pens threw itself at the far side wall. And with that, whatever was holding the door closed finally allowed the teacher and pupils to leave. Wanting to rule out anything physical, the family decided to have the family doctor, a Dr. William Logan, arrived to take a look at Virginia. Virginia was sat on her bed when the doctor walked in smiling. Almost to announce his arrival, a knocking sound began reverberating around the room. Bella looked at the doctor. Personally, doctor, 
I think it's a spiritual issue over a medical one. The doctor was a bit taken aback by the entire situation. Well, let's not rule anything out at this stage, eh? I often find... Suddenly, from one corner of the room, a linen box came shuffling over in jerky, sporadic movements, coming to rest in the middle of the bedroom floor. The doctor's face was now one of utter bewilderment. I... I I don't... I'll need to come back tonight with a colleague if that's okay. Bella nodded. We have the minister coming over tonight too, she replied. The doctor just nodded, his brain working hard to explain what he'd just witnessed. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong-arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to-do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That evening, the house was a hive of activity. The local minister, a Reverend Lund, and his three colleagues sat with the family in the kitchen, explaining their intention to bless both the house and young Virginia through an intense prayer session. Around 8.30, Dr. Logan arrived along with his colleague, a Dr. Nesbitt. I'd very much like to base ourselves in Virginia's room, explained Dr. Logan, Turning to Anne, Virginia's mother, he said, My colleague here, Dr. Nesbitt, has brought along some recording equipment. Whatever is happening to your daughter needs to be documented in the hopes we can find an adequate solution. Annie just nodded in agreement with the doctor's suggestions. Don't worry, Virginia, this is just audio equipment, smiled Nesbitt to the concerned Virginia, who was tucked under her bedsheet, the cover pulled up to her chin. Nesbitt put on headphones and flicked the microphone. Testing, testing, one, two, one, two. Almost immediately, a knocking started reverberating around the room. 
never in one location. It appeared to travel from wall to ceiling and back again. Virginia began to sob uncontrollably as the noise picked up pace. See, said Dr. Logan to his counterpart. And there's no structural reason for this noise, replied Nesbitt. Lund just shook his head. Virginia, said Nesbitt to the now hysterical child. Virginia, I'm going to give you something to calm you down. He filled a small needle with some liquid sedative and carefully injected it into her left arm. Her breathing became shallow and she slowly drifted off to sleep. Removing his headphones, Dr. Nesbitt commented, Have you noticed the knocks have gone now that she's calmed? However, what was causing the knockings had perhaps simply moved to spy on the other guests in the house. Because five minutes later, the collection of clergy were in the spare bedroom on their knees. They all made the sign of the cross, and Reverend Lund led them in prayer. The Lord is my shepherd, I should... A deep banging began, vibrating the walls around them. Reverend Lund continued louder. I shall not want. The noise continued for the duration of each and every prayer. The minister and his fellow clergy left the house around 10.30pm. Thomas was keen to gain some answers. Reverend, can you tell me what's going on with that girl? With this house? Reverend Lund looked at the floor and then looked Thomas dead in the eye and said, I will say tonight has been a humbling experience. We have been in the presence of forces hitherto almost unknown. We've done all that we can. He patted Thomas on his shoulder and led his fellow clergy out of the home. Meanwhile, doctors Logan and Nesbitt were growing concerned about young Virginia. Her breathing seemed sporadic as she slept, coming and going in sharp, short bursts. Her face appeared to be turning ever so slightly red, although to touch, her skin felt cold. All the while, a persistent tapping noise was heard from her headboard. Moving closer with the microphone, Dr. Nesbitt listened intently. It's as if it's coming from within the headboard, as opposed to a tap on the surface, he said to Logan. Nesbitt, look, replied Logan, pointing to the bottom corner of Virginia's bed. There, moving upwards from feet to head, was a series of slow, forming ripples, as if someone was slowly and gently running their fingers across the material. The ripples moved all the way up to just under the chin of the sleeping child. Both men remained still as they intently watched for any more signs of movement, and then, just to the left of Virginia's head, the pillow began to sink as if an adult-sized head was resting next to hers. Dr. Logan, shaking, reached out his hand slowly to feel the indentation when the pillow spun round 360 degrees despite being pinned to the mattress under Virginia's head. Both doctors took a step back the scene in front of them flying in the face of everything their scientific minds held to be true. Over the next few hours, the knocking subsided, 
and the two deeply shocked medical professionals eventually called it a night. A few weeks later, Virginia, for once, received a pleasant surprise. The arrival of her father and her dog Toby from Donegal. Footsteps would still occasionally be heard around the home, and her teacher, Miss Stewart, would report that on occasion, items such as schoolbooks and pencils would still seemingly move of their own accord when in Virginia's presence. However, by and large, the activity began to calm down. Virginia had made new friends, and the stability of her family being reunited appeared to have a positive effect too. It was largely believed that, as is often the case, the phenomena stopped as quickly as it began, and that this was the end of the Sorky poltergeist. However, in recent years, researcher Malcolm Robinson reopened the case for his book on the Sorky poltergeist, and some new, interesting information came to light. It would appear that the attachment did not leave so easily, and the poltergeist followed the now-adult Virginia to at least two further locations before Virginia's whereabouts became unknown. So, the question we ask ourselves is, did Virginia create the activity due to the turmoil in her life at that time, or was there always something dark and malevolent at that property, waiting for the right psychically open person to arrive for it to latch onto? The only person who may be able to answer that is Virginia herself. This is truly a fascinating case, because on the one hand, it could well be, as we've heard many times before, poltergeist activity caused by the troubled youth. However, in those situations, it tends to be the case that the house appears to absorb that energy and then unleash it out on whoever is in the house. From the details in this experience, though, it would appear that the poltergeist goes wherever Virginia goes, which is kind of a rarity in these situations, and for me, gives a nod towards the sentience of an entity, something which lays low and waits for a suitable person to latch themselves onto, as opposed to the general theory of teenage angst somehow forming itself into a tangible force of anarchy. As mentioned earlier in the episode, researcher Malcolm Robinson has written extensively on the Sorky Poltergeist, and his book, The Sorky Poltergeist and Other Scottish Ghostly Tales, is a fine read for anyone looking for further information on the case. I think this paranormal experience does well to remind us that people can be just as haunted as places, and wherever she is right now, I do hope that the haunting that has bothered Virginia for all these years has finally abated. And that brings us to the end of episode 7. Thank you so much for once again choosing to spend your time with me here on The Dark Paranormal. I'll remind you once more that next season is season 7 and will revert back to listener stories. So if you think you've got a suitable story for The Dark Paranormal, email it over to thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com and don't forget 
If you'd like early access to these episodes ad-free, and also access to our Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites, why not head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. So, until next time, remember, when you're discussing the paranormal, always try to leave your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next time, here on The Dark Paranormal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.